0: Let's just crack straight on into it and uh, and let's talk about what was an absolutely incredible PGA Championship. Uh, what, what did you sort of, what did you make of the tournament itself and, and the course and, 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 the, and the final day? What was your kind of summation
1: of, of the whole thing, Matt? I mean I enjoyed the whole tournament as a spectacle I kind of enjoyed the the cat and mouse of it with Phil at the front and me constantly believing that there was some point where it was all going to fall in on itself and it never actually doing so um I mean to talk Phil for a second he's it was just a revelation like I don't think it can be underestimated how how big of an achievement that is to be the oldest person to win a major um mm. just incredible when you think about the the greats of the game who have been at that sort of age um, and not done so, Um, especially 300 to one shot Phil Mickelson. Um, He was in no sort of form, was he? But he was was channeling um, yeah, the the, the 90s Phil um, for a little while and just imperious, the front nine on Sunday. I don't think I've ever been more impressed with how a golfer's played under pressure. And I think a lot of that comes from... This isn't your standard 200 shot, 300 shot, is it? It's not your, your Tom Horgies of the world or your whoever else. It's Phil Mickelson who is used to that mentality of being up there and contending. And he just seemed to, just mentally, he was so strong, just, just he was loving it in contention, wasn't he? Um, you could tell. Um, just incredibly impressive. The bunker shot was just special. Um, having fans back, and when he hauled it, it was just that point where I was thinking, actually, this is going to happen. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed Sunday, despite my in-play pick of uh, Kopke not coming through. Um, yeah, as a, as a Sunday of a major, I don't think I've enjoyed it anything quite as much mm-hmm. as that for a good couple of years. What about you?
0: I just thought it was absolutely incredible as a tournament. Uh, and I want to just talk about the course for a moment. Yeah, sure what a course this keywa islanders is. um it it is the pro- has the propensity to absolutely destroy uh, a card uh and at the same time and it did it no one got out of, out of this course unscathed mm-hmm. um do you know the the winning score of six under for a, for a, for you know for for any kind of tournament major or pga tournament that's that's a fairly, um, you know, a fairly high, you know, score after four days, uh, and only what are we looking at? You know, only a handful of players, only, only sort of like seventeen players went round under par in this golf course, mm-hmm. and 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 if you look at who were those players that went around under par at this golf course, it's absolutely incredible because you've got Phil Mickelson, fifty years old, wins the tournament. Uh, are you joking me you know the guy the, the, the guy as you say no form at all um just of course he's won 44 times in the PGA tour as a hall of famer uh, of course he's des- you know of course he should be there and 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 he deserves his place and and all of that but if you'd asked me at the beginning of the week any chance Phil I would have said no chance at all um and, and, and but look at some of these other names like porig Harrington Two under par for the tournament. Three under for the final round. Uh, Ricky Fowler one under. Where's he come from? Um, <laughs> you know um, uh, what I was looking at as well. Um, uh, who was the other person I was looking at? Uh, Harry Higgs two yeah. under for the tournament. I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. This is that, but uh, uh, but it's not. It's ridiculous in a good way because I thought the course was just fantastic and uh, mm-hmm. the way that it. Really uh, rewarded, um, you know, uh, bold play and good shots, but it, it really, really punished poor play. So, one of my picks, Gary Woodland, you know, uh, at the beginning of the tournament was right there on Sunday, right there. He got, at one stage, he was four under after a, uh, after a couple of holes, two under on his round. And then he got to the uh, par for sixth and just imploded. And, uh, and, and everyone at some stage in this course, at some some more than others, but there was plenty of very, very good golfers, world-class golfers, whose wheels came off on this course completely. I just thought the course was
1: fantastic, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think what... It was a unique challenge, I think, uh, Kiawa, because it played incredibly linksy. and It you, did. You'd think, did. looking at the leaderboard, it did. But then there was also that that aspect of it wasn't a course where you can play the ball along the floor. So despite there being Podraig up there and Lowry and Usti, all of which have a claret jug, there wasn't that run it up onto the green. So I think when you say it rewarded excellent shots and, and punished bad ones, I also think there's a middle ground where sometimes some not some really good shots just didn't get rewarded, which ended up with, like you say, there was only, we got a six six under winner and there was only what, about 13, 14 players under par. Um, so I think sometimes... I don't know, I kind of wanted that, but I think the pass ball it's kind of prevented playing that ball on the floor and running it up like you would if you were at um, one of the more UK-based links courses. But I really like that. Anything was in play. You had to play excellent golf to get it round under par um, or even even par, but... You could convince yourself looking at the leaderboard at various parts because it very much went in runs, didn't it? Of you had four or five downwind holes that played quite easy, then you turn back yeah. into the wind. so you had to to manage your scorecard really well as a player and to take advantage of the the downwind holes, and then that all switched on Sunday and you had an opposite wind, so it pre- it presented a, a completely different challenge, um, which baffled the likes of of Neiman and Bryson on Sunday. I had them to to make a run at it before before the play started, and it was entirely the opposite. They just couldn't really handle. But difference.
0: No, I must say, though, well done to you. You what you did pick up a, a place getter in Paul Casey, so um, fair play and and a, and a good call there. You must have been fairly happy to see him go around and and uh, two under on the final round. Uh, oh, sorry, one under in the final round on the Sunday to finish two under for the tournament, the tie for fourth. So that was well done.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, he was never nearer, was he? I don't think he's, he wasn't at any point in the tournament further ahead than he was at the end, which I'll absolutely take. Um, but yeah. it's very much a matter of Casey saving the week. And to be fair to him, I, as much as I like backing Paul Casey, I do like a whinge about him. But he holed a nine-footer on 17 for par, um, which he absolutely needed to make. Otherwise, he would have caught the wrong end of a tie for eighth, like uh, Scotty Scheffler did, and got me shekels back rather than a decent place payout. Um, but yeah. Casey's just yeah. one of those all-round games that's just, he's very much like a, maybe not as good a putter as Brooks, but he's got the same consistent makeup um, that I think trended out quite well for the course. But the more I bet on people, the more I'm thinking, just look at the odds and go with your first hunch because that's kind of what I've done for the last couple of weeks with my places with Kaziah and Casey. So maybe I'm overcomplicating things. Um, but yeah, 71 place, I'll absolutely take it. I think you yeah. were unfortunate with Woodland too. He was, oh, yeah, I, was, he was yeah, gonna I was
0: really, I, I was, I was, I was, spitting about him to be honest um because i uh, i i really thought i i thought i had a nice place there but he two days in a row woodland um he 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 blew a really promising position on set at late on late yeah, on the ground and then he uh, and then, then uh, and then he crawled up straight away on Sunday in the round back to where he should have been on yeah. Sunday. Um,
1: Quick start, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he he, he blew blew a, a really great position on Saturday evening with, with a with a disastrous double bogey uh, late yeah. uh, late in the day, and then um, very early on Sunday um, got straight back and and, and and, and brought those two shots back up and he was four under par and I and I thought here we go this is this is exactly what I thought I I could see in Gary and and I was really feeling pretty good about where he was and I just thought to myself now nothing silly Gary you know but this course will just eat you alive if you get it out of position and and on one hole he got it out of the position yeah and and, 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 and and it cost him a double bogey and from there and this is what I think this course does to people as well I think if you get one or two bad holes, it can basically mentally kick you in the nuts, and and I think that um, Woodland just imploded after that, and he ended up being five over for the day and and, and three over for the tournament. So you know, I, yeah, that was you know that's the difference. You know, you, you Casey can he plays good hard golf courses well, and he sticks the course, and and that was as I a, say, good call. Woodland, I think, is. I think he's close, but uh, uh, he's definitely better than where he's been. He's, his game's back, but he's just a, he's, he's just not quite consistent enough at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you, another guy that impressed me was Justin Rose on his final day. Um, he had a five under on his final round to finish one under for the tournament. Came from the absolute clouds to, um, to to do very well, and and I thought you know Justin Rose is someone to just keep an eye on. He seems to be getting his game back. He had a good Masters tournament. He's had a good PGA Championship. I think Dustin Rose is someone to just keep an eye out for. Uh, he seems to be sort of climbing into some sort of form again. It was nice to see Ricky Fowler playing some kind of golf again. He finished tied eighth for the tournament, um, which was great for him because this was no this is no joke this this course. Um, Colin Morikawa finished four under on the final round and one under for the tournament in the tie for eighth. That was a, that was a good effort for Morikawa, and you know it, it, he once again. You know, Stamps as a, a mark as someone to, to keep an eye on for any any of these major tournaments, and and um, uh, you know, Tony Finau once again tied you know tied eighth, one under for the round, one under for the final round, one under for the tournament. Um, you know, once again, solid but but not spectacular. Anyone that sort of you sort of saw that that was someone that you sort of put a ring around for future reference.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's my old mate Will Zalakoris, isn't there? His, his, I mean, in the last three majors, and we've got to think that's a Masters, uh, a US Open, and a PGA. He's top ten in them all, which is just balmy. It's ridiculous for someone mm. who's not even a PGA Tour member yet, um, mm. and I think he's just announced himself as he's a player that's going to play. With the elite of the sport extremely well, and to contend at both winged foot and less contend at KO, he was never really there. But I mean, top ten is is not to be a uh, not to be shaken at at all. Um, Corey Connors was really good. Uh, I quite liked him. Someone I thought on Sunday was going to come with a run, Patrick Cantley, who ended his round terribly but was showing signs of um, a return to his earlier season form. I think he was about four or five under and then mm. pushed it a bit too hard and ended up finishing one over for the day um, and T20, but um, glimpses of life. Um, and then just one that really frustrates me at every major. And he's one that to be fair, I would never have backed before the week. I thought he was far too short, but John Rahm um, also finished with a four under round, but in, I think John Rahm would think that he should be contending more at majors. Um, Definitely. Know, they're very hard to win, um, and yeah. there's many people up there, but he's got such an all-round game that you'd expect him to be to be raising his game, and he's almost like the opposite of Louis, who just seems to be there or thereabouts for for more majors than he's not, um, where Rahm just seems to pale into insignificance that almost a Tony Fee like late run on Sunday to finish T8, T10, T12 without ever being there or thereabouts. Um, so, yeah, a bit disappointing because I think this could have been a nice week for Ram, but he just couldn't find a put and he was quite clearly frustrated with himself. Um, and a word for Ricky. Um, I'm really upset that on Sunday he missed a put on 18 to make the Masters um, next year. So hopefully he won't have to worry about that and he'll find a return to form and all will be well and we'll see Ricky Fowler at the Masters. But if this was <clears throat> maybe a bit of a flash in the pan, it would be a real shame that he missed a, a, a makeable put to, to make the Masters after yeah, he, he played really well all week and to shoot one under on this course, there's not many people did. So I think that's a, a big positive for Ricky and be interested to see what how much they price him up next start, definitely.
0: And let's talk about another guy that uh, talking about John Rahm, uh, as you say, we're just we're expected a little bit more out of him with a course like this uh, uh, last week. And he did come home with a wet sail, as you say, but uh, ultimately disappoints again in another major. Let's talk about a guy that we... Both talked about the beginning of the last week and said this you know could be right up his street, and ultimately was hugely disappointing. And that was Bryson DeChambeau finishing five over for the round, three over for the tournament, and a tie for thirty eighth. What uh, you know, th- this course needed you know you would have thought needed a, a strong sort of man to, to to sort of belt it around Brooks Kepka could, could do it, um, Phil Mickelson at fifty years old could do it, and Bryson DeChambeau somehow couldn't seem to do it. What did you sort of take away from DeChambeau's four days?
1: Yeah, I mean to say he couldn't do it is maybe a bit unfair. I think going into the final day at two under, he was there or thereabouts. He was what? About he went out in about the fourth group. Yeah, he was
0: there. He was definitely there or thereabouts for
1: sure. Yeah. And to be fair, I don't he made a mistake on the first hole um, and it kind of put paid. And at that point, once he's, I think he bogeyed the first to Chambord or the second, one of the two. And at that point, it, it's shit or bust, isn't it? He's just got to go pin-seeking and hope for the best because at that point he's got, what, five, six, seven shots to make up. So I don't hate that the Chambord clearly just went for it and it didn't work. Um, being there about thereabouts is fair, but at no point in the week did the Chambord really have control of his golf ball. He managed to make some decent scores considering how he was playing, I think. Um, and he just wasn't on like he can be. But to not be on and still be, what, about seventh or eighth going into Sunday and think, right, I've got to shout. Let, let's go hell for leather for this. It didn't work out for him, but... I don't think it was terrible and I absolutely understand why he lost the plot on Sunday because, I mean, it's it's a win or nothing, isn't it? You'd rather chase the glory. Um, But a couple of times over the weekend, I I, I debated writing a tweet to you um, regretting our decision that we both decided we were going to back to Schaumbel a couple of weeks ago um, and then both reneged on that. I thought he was going uh, going to serve us right on that one. So a very disappointing Sunday. But I understand when you play attacking golf at Kiowa and you're not fully on, you're absolutely going to going to fall apart as as both him and Neiman did in that group just by trying to be too attacking. I think. And nothing we cannot
0: go past today without talking about that interview with Brooks Koepka <laughs> with Bryson <laughs> DeChambeau walking past him. Oh, Man, yeah. the hate is real. The hate is real. Um, it's that, amazing. Yeah, it is. It, it, it was. I just love, I loved that. I was like bouncing up and down like a. Fucking schoolgirl when I saw that because I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it's um, quite
1: a pantomime, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's like a pantomime. It's exactly what it is. That the the, the this disgust in Brooks. Face where as Bryson de is muttering about seeing the line as he's walking past him during the yeah. interview, did you see up? his
1: um, he commented that uh, Brooks had posted something on Instagram as well, and Bryson had commented it was something about the spike apparently he has metal spikes, Bryson, which are frowned upon, but he likes to do what he likes to do, doesn't he? Um, and Brooks was complaining about not being able to put, and Bryson commented, You know, you can tap down spike marks these days, it's just <laughs> <laughs> what I really want is for the PGA to pop them in a featured group so we get two days of them just just going at each other. and so oh. hopefully the best out of both.
0: I know, I know. I just you cannot can't. It would be so good if we get down to a major this sometime this year, or in any sort of tournament in the PGA this sometime this year, and it ends up being those two in the final group on a Sunday. Oh man, um, I, I, I just I, but it's yeah. It's look, it's a bit of pantomime, but it is funny and it is and it is and it is great that, that that Brooks just can't stand this guy. His <laughs> uh,
1: face uh, told a story. Oh yes,
0: face told a thousand words. Now here's another question. Uh, you're Steve Stricker. You're heading in towards Ryder Cup. Um, let's talk about that for a second. If you've got two guys in this tournament uh, in the team, they're both going to be in the USA team, and they can't stand. Well, I don't know. Bryson probably doesn't. I don't. Probably doesn't give a shit about Brooks, to be honest. But Brooks certainly um, can't stand Bryson. Um, uh, this is one thing that's always had been a problem for the American team. They don't quite have the unity that the Europeans do as a team. And I think that's what's hurt America in, Bright- in Ryder Cup in, in years gone past. They are, they're a team of alpha males who don't quite play that well as a team together. Not, not like the Europeans who have got this absolute... Team spirit running through their soul. How does how do you feel that these two w- will gel and in and the, in the, in the team together, or do you think it won't make any difference?
1: I, th- I think it's maybe where where the US have have come up short um, when when the Euros have won because un- unfortunately for 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 the Euros, the the Americans are better players, right? Objectively, that's tricky to argue with, and was the of case course. at the last Ryder Cup, but because. All, a lot of those players on the American team are all golf's an individual sport, and they all want to beat each other week in week out. Where yeah. you've kind of got the the plucky Euro Raiders, and you've got like the players who are going to come over and and have a go at these these favourites as an underdog. Um, and the only exception to that on Euros, I guess, was Paul Casey when there was a lot of rumouring that that perhaps he wasn't great for the the cohesion of the Europe uh, the Europe team in terms of his engagement with that. But I think it's a great it's like a soap almost. It's quite a nice narrative to have that plucky Euros, but I actually quite like the Euros' chances. I'm not, I don't think Brooks would be a fan of Bryson. I don't imagine that'll affect his game much. Um, But equally, neither of those players have a great record in match play. And maybe there's a reason for that, that they don't do well in a team event. Um, To be honest, I'd much rather back, um, and I like a bet on the Ryder Cup, I'd much rather back in pairs, people like Morikawa and Hovland who are going to be much um, much quicker out of out of um, college in America and university, and they're going to be used to that match play format. They've, they've played a lot of it than than back in a Brooks or a Bryson, whoever they're paired with. I mean, you wouldn't have them in the same team room at the minute, would you? Never mind on the same pairing.
0: No, and I mean, I remember last uh, last Ryder Cup in France where you looked at the before the tournament, you looked at the two teams, and you just thought. Man, America is going to eat Europe's lunch and kick their heads in for fun afterwards because it was such a strong team—the Americans' team—and you just thought, yeah, the Europeans are great; they're plucky and they've got that team spirit and 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 blah blah blah. But it's 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 not going to wash against the, this team of absolute superstars. And Europe cleaned their clock, and and uh, and uh, and, uh, and now we're back in America.
1: Yeah, it's no Paris National. Yeah,
0: it's no Paris National. We're back in the States, mashed potato, get in the hole, all that um, (laughs) bomb and gouge
1: golf. Yeah, yeah,
0: and all that USA, USA. It's going to be all of that, Um, and and so it's going to be a pretty hostile environment, pretty, pretty tasty, I'd imagine. And uh, but there is something magical about this European team, uh, and and the way that they get together and just play for each other, which I don't know why but the americans culture background history i don't know uh, individualism as a as a as a country and as a as a capital i don't know you go into a whole lot of deep levels on this but i think that um america is always going to struggle to match that um camaraderie that the the europeans have and and i and i saw a, a sort of like a lineup that's uh, for that American team, like a mock lineup as some Mm. sort of student of the game had decided that this is the American team. And you looked down at that page and you thought, okay, wow. That's a very, very strong team. Um, But, as I say, uh, it's just a, a little aside. It was just so funny today to watch Brooks just uh, roll his eyes and and uh, give the desk there to Bryson, and and those two in the same room together shaking hands and saying well done to each other after after a tournament or after a match play event might be interesting, but yeah. I, anyway, I, I think um you know going forward from here um that was just a wonderful tournament. I think it really works having the PGA. I think the format that they've got now is actually really good. Masters in April, PGA Championship in May. Uh, US Open next isn't it and then yeah, the British open long, do we yeah so it's it's really uh, it's 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 a, it's a great t- uh, like a month by month by month by month major sort of schedule it's wonderful it really works Kiwa island was a, was a great venue and and uh, yeah and phil Mickelson, that is a tournament for the ages that 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 was an absolutely incredible and fact. Um, so let's move on from there and, and let's go on to the future, which is the mm-hmm. um, Charles Schwab this week. Um, we're back in Texas again at the Charles Schwab Challenge at the Colonial Country Club. Um, this is a uh, we're, we're we're back to more what I would say a uh, parkland golf course, old-fashioned venue with, it, with small greens and narrow fairways, rewarding accuracy over power. So. Um, I had a good tournament here last year. I um I picked Daniel Berger to win this, and he and he won it. So um I'm um I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going straight back to Daniel Berger because mm-hmm. I had he had a um he had a funny tournament at, at PGA. He started very poorly, had a fantastic second round to climb climb into the cut. He made the cut from an absolute mile back after the first round. He, he made a fantastic second round, made the cut, um and then sort of tread water for the next couple of days had had a pretty good third round and and then kind of, n- but was too far back. But the point is, um, yeah, I, I think, I think that I'm not going to take too much notice of a lot of golfers, um, from last week because, as I say, this this course could really um, do a number on you if you even um, got it in a couple of bad spots. You could end up with some very big numbers, and a lot of very good players did. So um, I'm, as I say, and just going to put it straight out there now that um, I had a really good um, experience with Daniel Berger at this course last year, and I'm going to go straight back to him as someone that I'm is going to be my first bet on on this. Uh, and um, uh, let me just have a look here. Um, the The next guy I've got uh, in my uh, sorry, I'm just I'm just sort of uh, a little bit unorganized tonight. Um, but my next uh, my, my next guy is uh, so uh, Daniel Berger um, uh, is my my first back. My next back is Corey Connors. I think Corey Connors is uh, is, is suited to this kind of course, nice and straight. Um, has been playing fantastic. Uh, and uh and, and i think he's um yeah he, he's my next my next bet mm-hmm. um i'm gonna i'm gonna put i'm gonna keep the faith with gary woodland because um because gary i think is he is getting somewhere in his game and he's at uh 40 to 40 odd to 40 to one sort of around at least 40 to one that for me is is pretty good odds for gary i think he he is getting somewhere he was very he, was, he, he got he ran close to quail hollow a few weeks before he ran uh he did he did well in parts uh, at the at the uspga but just as i say came apart a little bit at the end so i'm going to give him another uh, another break and um and my my next my last pick is um matt wallace I, i'm going to keep the faith of this guy i, th- I think that he is very very close uh, and I think that this could be um, Matt Wallace's turn this time. So um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to have four this week, uh, and
1: uh, and and Matt Wallace is my final one. What about you, Matt? Who do you yeah. like? So we have a shared one, which is is always um, positive. I think like it's nice to get them um, someone else, uh, Frank, in the same place. We almost had two. I would almost went put Wallace as well. Um, his his stats are deceptive because the more recently you look, sometimes the better Matt Wallace's stats get. But I'm just not sure he's gonna hold enough putts here um, to to get it won. And I just wanted to go for someone a bit longer because I've got I'm quite invested, sort of I'm just shorter than I'd usually go generally. Um, but yeah. yeah, Matt Wallace was pretty much the last one off my list. Um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully can go well. Um, I looked at various things for this. So it's a, a tree-lined course, relatively tight, um, smaller than usual greens. But when you miss them, it's not as difficult as your standard track to get up and down. So I've put slightly less emphasis on on scrambling around the green than I normally would. Um, driving, I'm not too fussed about at all. So I want ball striking and I want putting this week. Um, so it makes absolute sense when I'm after a good putter that I back Colin Morikawa, doesn't it? Yeah. Which <laughs> is absolutely was... not the case. He's 187th in putting. But... He's just incredibly impressive and he's much shorter than I'd normally like to back for someone who doesn't put well. But when you look at the rest of his stats, he's number one in greens and regulation on tour. He's number one in approach play um, and he's in the top 10 in proximity to the hole. Um, and we're coming back to bent grass greens as well at the Charles Schwab. Um, and when we talk about Morikawa, his best performances come when he puts well um, and of the three times when he's put it excellently um, the last times we visited um sorry, I've lost me struck a words, I'm trying to read my notes at the same time. The last times we visited bent grass or bent slash poor greens, Morikawa's actually to gain strokes every time. Um, so at Muirfield, it's Bentgrass slash poor. Um, this here last year, obviously he he lost out in the end, didn't he, to to Daniel Berger? But he yeah, came he was... ran
0: Berger very very close here last year, Morikawa. Yeah. He he, I looked at Morikawa a long long time, uh, and I and I wondered whether I should take them both, but but two short players one too many for me. So I took one or the other. But but I, I agree with you. He he, him and Berger were neck and neck at this tournament last year. Yeah, they were. Yeah.
1: Um, and yeah, just when he's returned to bent, he's he's more likely to have a good putting week. And we know when he puts well, he's going to be there or thereabouts, if not winning by a couple of shots. So I'm ready to take a chance of Morikawa. I thought he was really quite impressive at the PGA, despite never really getting into it. Um, and I like his ball striking at a tough course. He's going to be peppering Pins, which is going to help him. And if he needs to get up and down, his short game is not amazing, but if he needs to get up and down, he's probably not winning anyway. Um, so, Morakau is my first um, at 14s, generally, I think. Um, and then we get to the second one, which is Corey Connors. I'm absolutely in with Corey Connors with you. I think at the prices, um, he's now a very similar price to Neiman. Now, I did want Neiman at his opening price, but I was too busy at work to get on myself. And by the time I came to do a write-up, <laughs> Neiman had been shelled to the very similar price to Connors. And at those prices, I'd much prefer Connors. Um, we talk about his ball-striking figures. He's very much in the same league as Morikawa is. Um, he's number eight in greens and regulation this year. Um, his approach plays number four. And he's actually become pretty much a median putter for the tour, which is a grand improvement for him because he was in the very lower echelons um, for the majority of last year. Um, He's got some nice course form too. While he's not really contended in his three appearances. He's 19th, 31st and 8th. I think that's respectable. Um, and his recent form's crazy good. Um, so he's got four top 10s in his last eight starts and he's only finished out the top 20 one time in his last eight starts with a third, a fourth and a seventh in there, as well as performing really well. He came T14 at Valero um, on his last visit to Texas. So I think it's a great argument for Connors and I actually think he's he's probably my favourite bet this week. Um, So, yeah, Corey Connors is my second one. Yep. And then I have two um, that are both 45s and a longer shot. Um, My two at 45s are back for slightly different reasons. Jason Colcrack is the first. Um, He's got some nice form here. He was third last year um, behind Mm behind Berger and Morikawa. He's also had some decent form before that, but his putting has been excellent lately um, and his approach play is improving too. Now, if you look at his season-long stats, he's 69th in approach player. but the more recent you go, the better it gets. So the last three months, he's 34th. And if you go even more recent, so the last couple of events, it improves again. And even more than that, he's... He improves on his own average when he comes to bent. So he's had some really excellent performances at some some bent grass venues, um, including Muirfield, where he plays well, just like Morikawa did. Um, and you add that to his, it's pretty good approach play stats, and I just I just like him this week. Yeah, I think he he played well last week. Um, yeah, and. Yeah. Yeah, he's a nice price, and he's one who you can trust on the greens when he's got the flat stick in, and he's in the top ten on tour. So he's one where you can expect things to start rolling. So if those approaches stick, I, yeah, I like his chances. Yeah, so, I, do I
0: really know. do. I, I, I like just to jump in there. I, I yeah, really sure. like that shout on Coke Rack as well. I think it's a really good shout. Um, he, um, as you say, played he'll very well here last year. I had him in the, as one of my bets in the PGA Championship, and he was always, <laughs> um, he was always around even par, one under par, even par, one under par, and and, and he just uh, kind of fell away a little bit on Sunday. But he had a very good PGA Championship, I think. Your shout on Cochrane
1: is a very, very good shout. Yeah, I watched him a bit more, more closely. Usually I'll, I'll always keep an eye out for your picks at the same time when I'm watching on lot telly and because of that, I, I watched him just tra- having a few clicks on his shot tracker and he just looked consistent, um, particularly because I had him in a, a match bet and I actually backed Tom Lewis against him in one of the rounds and Corkrack was just relentless. He just kept hitting 20 feet from the hole, 20 feet from the hole and giving my poor Tom Lewis no chance of chinning him. Um, but it, it tells a story, doesn't it? And it tells you that. Approach play isn't usually one of his strengths, but it's increasingly so. Um, So yeah, the other one at 45s is Hoffman, Charlie Hoffman, who just seems to play really well in Texas, seems to really like it in Texas, and he's also a really consistent makeup. He's finished, um, similar to Connors, uh, his last seven starts. He's only been out the top 20 once, which is a a bit of a return to form for Hoffman because he was scratching around for some earlier in the year. Um, yeah, he's he's got a really consistent makeup too. He's 24th on tour, proximity to the hall, 28th greens in reg, ninth in approach play. Um and he's fifty-fifth in putting, but he's one of those streaky putters, Hoffman. Once he gets going, you can see lots going in a row, um, which can really make a difference. So I like him. Um Texas, he's gonna be good in the wind. He's had some good performances here in the past. Hoffman. Um my last one is uh, a keeping of the faith from a couple of weeks ago, um, and it's Patton Kiziah. Um Pat and Keziah placed at the Byron Nelson for me and made me look a little bit closer at his Texas form. And it seems, he's not really something I've flagged up before, but he seems to just love playing in Texas. So his last couple of starts, he's finished obviously third at the Byron Nelson. He was T9 at Valero um, when, when Spieth won and played really well there. And he was also um, T11 at the, the Houston Open earlier in the year too. So something about Texas just seems to, to really lend itself to Pat and was He's 100-1 this week, so you've lost 50 um, from the price that we got at the Byron Nelson. But I think that's kind of accounted for. Um, and... He is someone who gets hot with a putter, which is what I like. Um, His greens in reg are 28th. His approach play is 64, but he's another one. When you go on um, to look at his more recent stats, um, just having a flick through data golf, he comes out really well with his recent form. So in the last three months, he's 14th in approach play um, and even better in putting which is exactly what I want at this course and for a 100 shot I don't think you're going to get many better Um, try as I might, I did want to include our mates um, Doug Gim and Matty Neesmith but their putting stats just just aren't cutting it at the minute and I think they're too frustrating so I think they're best watched but they will definitely be a bit of a kick in the teeth if they do enter the frame Um, so five for me this week, one shorty, one long one and a couple in the middle
0: yeah, and this, as you say, I had a few others that I was looking at as well. I ended up just sitting on the floor. But the, it, it, I think I got – the reason I pulled out of a couple of long ones of mine was just this, the depth of this field—it's a very strong field this week. You know, you've got mm-hmm. Justin Thomas in this field. You've got Jordan Spieth. Um, uh, you know, uh, this is no, uh, this is uh, this is no joke. This field. So I, th- I think uh, it is going to be. You know, uh, you know, I think Justin, Justin Rose is even in this tournament as well. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it, there's. Um, uh, this is going to be challenging, so I, 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 you know, I would usually have a couple of three-figure ones in mind, but I've just kept mine to a little bit, a little bit shorter than I usually would, because I'm kind of trying to look for guys that have won here or done very well here and are, are, are in some sort of decent run of form, because I think this is going to be a really, really tasty tournament in terms of um, the field is very strong and very deep, so. Um, Okay, well, look, I think that's probably about it for the week. Uh, I think you know it was a, an amazing um, tournament in the PGA Championship. Uh, I think Kiwa Island should be some a course that they use uh, regularly. I uh, maybe try and find it, a, a loop for it on the actual PGA Tour because I just thought it was incredible, uh, and, uh, and and I'm really looking forward to um, the US Open coming up next month. If anyone that you you know, it's that um. Tory Pines, am I wrong?
1: Yeah, Tory Pines, the US Torrey Open. Tory Pines. So, so um,
0: I- you know, any kind of thoughts uh, ahead of Tory Pines?
1: Yeah, I have. I've made two bets for Tory Pines. I made them quite a long time ago. Um, and one is just an absolute value bet for me. Um, I backed Ryan Palmer, who loves Tory Pines, um, and I'll be keeping an eye out for what price he opens up. So, but I took a hundred uh, sorry, two hundred and fifty to one. Um, it's only five places. Um, but I took it just after Reed's victory. Um, at Torrey Pines just because he plays well there always and just because it's a major, I think they're discounting how much he has a, a liking for the course. And I, Even if it's a value loser, I'll back value losers at 250s with reckless abandon because when they yeah. go in, it isn't half sweet. Um, the only other one I've got so far is I backed um, Neiman as well um, at 80s, which was an awful long time ago just after he played really well. Um, or I think he was halfway through his back nine. at was it the Sony Open after he'd contended in the... Um, The first one of the year um, at YLI as well. Um, So I've got 80s on Neiman, which I think he should be a lot shorter than that at the minute. So I quite like those anti-posts, which doesn't often happen. Often I'm just throwing away money before I've started. So Ryan Palmer for course form and Neiman, just because I think he'll take really well to a US Open. And he's going to be much better um, than his victory record shows at the minute.
0: All right, Matt. Well, look, thank you very much for your time again. Matt Phillips is uh, my co-host at F-O-R-E underscore bet. If you want to follow him on Twitter, thanks to our sponsors, Star Sports as well. And um, let's enjoy the Charles Schwab Challenge uh, from uh, Colonial Country Club in Texas. Should be a good one.
1: All right? Should be too, yeah. I think we've got a win in us this week. We've had plenty of places. Let's get back in the circle. <laughs> God,
0: too right, mate. Yeah, we could. We've had a. We've had a. We've had a few winners between us, but we've had a fairly long run of placings right now, and we could uh, think it's time for one of us to drop in a winner this week as well, eh?
1: Absolutely. Good luck for the week, mate. Chat next
0: week. You too, mate. See ya. Bye.